All right, welcome to the Allen Church Podcast. I'm Kenny, and I'm here with Chris and Kyle. You guys, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Go ahead. Well, my name is Chris. I've been going to Allen. I lost track, uh, I think, eight or nine years. I started dating Kelsey Bilby, now Norwood. Well, Kelsey Bilby at the time. Uh, We went to high school together. Freshman year in college, we started dating, and she drove me to church. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back at first because it felt like a, just overwhelming. It felt like a family reunion. She has a lot of family here. Correct. Yes. There's, yeah. there's a lot of Bilbies running around. <laughs> um, but I stuck with it and uh, fell in love with the girl. She kept me here for uh, four or five years, ended up getting married. Um, and this is like a second family to me. So now I'm married with two kids, live here in Sepulpa, and... Life is good. Yeah, life is good. <laughs> good stuff, Kyle. Uh, my name is Kyle. Uh, been coming to Allen for about six, seven years or so. Okay. Uh, went to Spalpa High School. Uh, I knew who Jessica was, but we didn't really talk. Uh, went to college, just moved back home, kind of ran into each other, and started dating from there and started coming to church and eventually got married, and now we have a one-year-old daughter. Cutie? Very. Yeah. I'm talking about your daughter. Oh, not, yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. yeah. Cute, not you. My not daughter. You. Yeah. You first see your baby. Like, what, what? what's going through your head, Chris, when you first see? A miracle. Yeah. yeah. Good. It was uh, the best feeling. I, I I thought I wouldn't have that feeling again, but then I had another kid, and same feeling. Just okay. it's overwhelming. Yeah. Joy is what it is. So it's like, wow, miracle. Exactly. Kyle. No, uh, it was awesome. Uh, greatest gift you could ever receive. Uh, I think I teared up when I first saw her, and I, I think I checked on Jessica to make sure she was all right, and then I went where the baby was. <laughs> like, I could not <laughs> stop following her around. Like The doctors took her, and I was right there. Uh, it was was awesome. it like, I, I want to check on Jessica, or I should probably check on her before I do what I really want to do right now, which is follow this baby around? <laughs> you know... Uh, I can't remember, but okay. I know. I know. I don't, I, 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 that's just, I'm just trying to get you in trouble. Don't even answer that. Man. Don't <laughs> even answer that. Who has it tougher, man? You can be a hero with this, or you can you can jump straight into the doghouse with this. So I'm just letting you know, prepping you for that. Who has it tougher, in your opinion, mom or dad, and why? Mom's got it tougher. Uh, you know, the baby like depends a lot on the mom. Do you sense that connection, like, do you guys sense that, like, there's this mom connection? You know yes. what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know if it's foreign or more extensive. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, there's something, like, not that you don't have a connection, because you do, absolutely. But there's something there that's just, at times, you just kind of step back and watch and go, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just that limit. There's the there's a lean in that they have that nurturing thing that they are gifted with. That yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. That's and I mean, the moms they go through a lot, and so it's tough. I give it up to them, all moms, especially single moms, because it's hard. Yeah. And I learned that firsthand. Helping, you know, it's it's not easy. Yeah. I think. Moms, no doubt, have it tougher. Um, just having to carry the baby for nine months, uh, and then 
once you give birth, a lot of people, a lot of moms have hormone issues, um, depression issues, uh, just what they have to, <clears throat> excuse me, what they have to endure just to have the baby, and then that motherly instinct. I swear, I don't know if Kelsey has kids that I don't know about, but she's like a mom encyclopedia, and I don't know where she learned it. <laughs> you feel like maybe she's done this before yeah. and she didn't she's tell had, you about she it? She has to have kids somewhere that I don't know about. <laughs> she's uh, went through this process already. Or she's read the baby books and I didn't, yeah. but she's, yeah. she's uh, from the get-go, she, she just knows exactly what's making them hurt or cry or yeah. that they're hungry or that they're tired. I'm like, am I going to break the kid holding her? And I know you have to hold it this way. And uh, and then, you know, a few months later, she's Kelsey speaking about her. She's pregnant again mm-hmm. and going through the same cycle to having two kids uh, within two years. And I've done the stay at home dad thing for eight hours at a time. I don't know how you can do it full time. <laughs> I don't. On the outside, you see. think this isn't that rough. Like, right. if you're just on the outside, how, how awesome is it going to be just to hang around with the baby? But when you're at home, like when you're for a long period of time watching the baby, what, 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 go, what happens? I mean, what's going on in your head and your heart when, it, when it's all on you? I don't know. It, Jessica, she uh, took an extra month off from work, so I think she was off 12 weeks, 12 or 13 weeks she was off work. And I know it, w- it was rough on her because you don't know, being a first-time mom and a first-time dad, you don't know what to expect. So why is is the baby, is, is she hungry? Is, is she not feeling good? Is her stomach bothering her? Is she gassy? You're just trying to take all these guesses and do what you can do to make sure everything's all right. And so... And, and it helps, like, if I remember, if, just remembering back, like, there's a lot of unknown in my head when I'm a new dad, when I was a new dad. And look, kind of, I'm taking some cues from my wife a lot. Like, I, do you know what's going on? Like, I hope you know what's going on. Is that, does that sound familiar yeah. to you guys? Kenny, I didn't even know how to change a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was my next question. Had you guys changed diapers before this? I've attempted it, but it was on backwards. It was on, <laughs> it didn't work out. Chris, had you changed diapers before this? I've changed, uh, well, my little sister, yeah. um, she, I, she grew up around us when I was in high school she was a little girl in diapers mm-hmm. and I changed a handful of them uh, but I didn't have very much experience on my resume uh, changing diapers but my when Grayson was born our first born I was the first to change his diaper Kelsey had actually went to the restroom and uh, Grayson had went to the restroom but I, my brother-in-law Trey was in the room and I said dude you have to come over here and help me <laughs> that thing was a mess it was like yeah. tar and the tar so yeah d- did you both experience the tar diapers yes. yeah. yeah that it was is rough yeah, what do you do? Like, use I a mean, full bag of wipes? <laughs> <laughs> a power washer? <laughs> you just point them out. Did you experience the same thing as far as like, I know I'm going to have to be rougher with this evidently to get it off, but you're nervous about is the, is the skin going to stay? You know what I mean? Like, you am I going to hurt her? Yeah, you, you don't. Yeah. You feel like you're going to break them. Like, they're so <laughs> fragile. Yeah. But then you got the doctors just tossing them around like. Yes. You're like, it's nothing. Okay? Yeah. So you guys, no mom around. You and Trey are knocking it out. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have a little girl. I had a little boy, so I'm, yeah. I knew from the get-go I could be a little rougher. Yeah. But uh, he held the legs. I, I probably did use half a half a package of wipes. Uh, it finally came out. I had to use like a buffer, yeah. but we got, we didn't break the skin, but we got the, the tar off. And yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that had to have been on video like a comedy routine, you and Trey. <laughs> it should have been. Trying to figure that out. Yeah. yeah, just knocking that out. So, but do you both do diapers now? Yes. I, yeah, I totally do diapers. Jessica's obviously still faster than me at changing them. Sometimes yeah. she'll be just like, let me do it, <laughs> which is fine. But, yeah. or sometimes, you know, I'll be changing a dirty diaper and I'll be like, I need help. Yeah. She's, she's tossing and turning. <laughs> she doesn't want to sit still. They're crocodiles for. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Kelsey does it, but we can. Let's say we go to a football game, and we park, and we're getting out of the van. She always says, "Hey, check their diapers to see if they pee." I'm like, she can stand them up and change them in a matter of seconds. I can't do that. Yes. I have to lay them down somewhere on the, or lay them on the dashboard or something and change them. <laughs> but she can stand them up and do it one-handed. Yes. It's. I don't know. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Like, I don't know. Mom, they just. They know what they're doing. They figure it out. They figure it out quick. Confident. Yes. And dads are like, yeah. uh, Have you gagged on a diaper? Yes. Have you both know? No. Not, not, not a gag reflex, but you have had a gag reflex on the Like, diaper. whoa, this stinks. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this one. This is a mom diaper right here. Sometimes it's like, it's like okay, it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got out of order. Oh, oh she's dirty diaper. I'm going to go take a shower real quick. You got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you had a don't tell mom moment with your kids? Like, oh, man, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad mom didn't see that. Like, that didn't turn out so well. Like, I mean, obviously, your kids are still young enough that you're not going to be able to say, hey, don't tell mom. But if you had a moment where, like, <laughs> I would have gotten in trouble. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, a, You're trying to get, you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> have you had a don't tell? I will tell you mine from the get-go. I'm... <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're old enough to, uh, Anna is old enough to stand on her own, okay? And so she wants to get up on a chair and I'm doing dishes, helping with the dishes. So I'm doing the dishes and I step away for a moment and Anna falls off of the chair and she does some fall on the upper part of her head and neck, not very far, and it didn't really, the fall didn't bother me as much as the way, <laughs> the way her body bent. <laughs> I panicked. I mean, it was like, are you seeing if she could still move all her parts? You know what I'm saying? And it was like, okay, you good? And she wasn't, she was fine and, and seemed to be functioning normally. And it was like, oh, I'm so glad she wasn't here. I'd have been a dead man if she was seen like, why did you leave her at the chair? So, I mean, it just happens, right? I mean, you're going to have those moments where you're like, Oh, crud. Yeah, I didn't handle that right. Yeah, you remember yeah, that moment? You, you can't take your eye off them for yeah. a split second because there's no telling what they're going to do, what they're going to get into. Yeah. There's a balance between me and Kelsey. She, she's a helicopter mom type parent. Yeah. And that's how she, I think, was raised. Um, and I had a longer leash. So yeah. we, we try to meet in the middle. And a lot of times she'd prove me wrong. I'm like, man, they, they can go over there and play around that plant. If they're boys. It's going to be okay. It's, you know, they're going to. You know, break something. Now, hopefully, they don't break an arm, but they're gonna probably break something. Yeah. Or uh, if they do kind of fall, they're gonna learn from it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just let them. I tr I keep an eye on them, but I, I kind of think that a longer leash kind of teaches them a few things. You don't want to just put pads on them and a helmet and yeah. and pr over protect them. Uh, but there's time and time again that she's right. Like, hey. Don't fall asleep with, your, you know, Grayson in your arms watching TV because yeah. we're laying in bed. Make sure he's asleep before you are because I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, fu yeah. I fell asleep and Grayson rolled off. Yeah. And, for, you know, those are things I learned from, from her. She sets the bar for me. So. Yeah. 
So is that is that a common thing? Like you feel like do you feel like you have a longer leash than Jessica? Yes. Yeah. Like so, I know we try and get our bed routine, you know, bedtime this around the same time and when I'm by myself whether she's gonna obviously be a play, which there's nothing, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with Jessica being, you know, that way, kinda like Chris mentioned Kelsey, you know, yeah. kind of but. I think that's probably common to all most moms and dads. Yeah, I, would, right. I would guess the dad has less of a sense, is less motivated by the things that could go wrong, whereas uh, moms maybe tend to be more focused on the things that can go wrong in a situation, versus you might be thinking the benefits of him learning or her learning how to do this, and excited about seeing that. Um, independence or growth in that area and moms can think maybe more naturally think of the things that can go wrong in that so well one thing that I don't think I'd get in too much trouble for telling you yeah. is I mean so Kelsey works nights sometimes she'll pick up shifts some lately she's been picking up three or four mm-hmm. um, shifts a week if she can and so she'll go in at eight or nine o'clock at night and get off at midnight or two or three, depending on the hour she picks up. But she always makes smoothies for the boys, and it contains fruits and vegetables and, yeah. and ice cubes and maybe a little bit of milk. And so when she goes to work and she didn't make them smoothies, I make them a smoothie with Oreos and chocolate <laughs> ice cream and anything out of their Halloween baskets. <laughs> and they, and they, they load them up with sugar. They love my smoothies yeah. way better than hers. So uh, I try to splurge a little bit and give them a treat. Uh, yeah. So You're the, when it's like smoothies, I'll admit, I'll admit. she's going to have that moment. Can dad make it? <laughs> Dad's smoothies are so much better. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, my brother, I remember once he brought his daughter over the house and he was needing to feed her and he's feeding her um, baby food and she won't eat it. And he had got himself like a, a, a caramel sundae and he's like dipping a little bit of the caramel sundae and into the baby food and like that's his enticement. So I'm just, I mean, this is a baby and he is rocking just as much caramel sundae as he is actual uh, baby food. And it, there was that moment of, yeah, you would not be doing that. If Jamie was, you know, in the room mm-hmm. uh, watching that, what are you insecure about as a dad? What are you worried that you're not living up to, or good enough, or, or doing right? Am I helping enough? Am I doing enough? Am I helping with Jessica? Am I failing? Not doing a good enough job? I think I can get uh, kind of overly I overthink things a lot so and sometimes it could be okay am I going down the right career path so it's it can be a little selfish the way I, I think and so I beat myself up am I um, can I slow down and stop trying to you know look to see what's how I can better myself and just focus more on loving and slowing down just loving my family living in the present uh, you know showing my kids love and just being there now because if I look back in 15 years I want to go man I was thinking about the wrong things back then and I didn't really live in the moment yeah. um, and so I really sometimes I'll sit back and go you know God has a plan for me I need to just let it pl- play out and um, just enjoy the moment how can I make sure that my kids are going to live f- for God and and you know not just live for the worldly possessions and things that the world has to offer so um, I try to remind myself of that because if I get too worked up with that, I, I end up uh, lacking with 
the, the love and uh, care that I show for both my wife and, and my boys. So. so it can be like that balance between work and home, like right. keeping that in check and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. What and you- some, sometimes I get going too fast and I forget things. And so. Like in what way? Just believe in the house. Did I grab a binky? Did I did I grab the what? Did, did, do I even have the bag? Do I have her, do I have her sippy cup? Is Meredith here anywhere? Did yeah. I get Meredith? Is she still with us? Yeah. Well, yeah. so it's just like I need to just take time and slow down and think. Do I have everything I need, and things like that. That's a big thing. I think one thing that's helped us as a family is we use Google Calendar, and that thing's a lifesaver because I'm very forgetful, and Kelsey's great at planning, and she knows the schedule. She probably knows exactly what we're going to do for the next day for or every day for the next month, mm-hmm. and I don't even know what we're doing tomorrow. She can keep that in her head, really. She can keep it in her yeah. head. And so having it on the calendar, um, it's very good. And with her work schedule now that she works a lot more in my work schedule, um, can she plan something? I tell her, hey, you need to plan stuff with your friends. Yeah. She's always focused on the family, which is awesome. She needs uh, time away from me, or she's going to kill me. So yeah. she needs, <laughs> uh, yeah, she needs to be able. And to it's good for the stuff. moms to get away, yeah, right. Whether it's for a couple hours or a night, just to have time to themselves or whatever. And sometimes it's hard because they don't want to be away. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't realize that they need that time. Yeah, it's healthy for them. To yeah, it is. It's really disconnect. healthy. And it's sometimes it's not nothing against us that they don't think we're going to do a good job. It's just they don't like being away from their babies. Yeah. And there is there is a trust with that. I mean, obviously there's a control and a trust thing with mom with momming, I would say. And there's a point where when you talk about insecurities and you brought up and I totally forgot about that, brought up the whole remembering stuff. Like when you roll out of the house and they say, Hey, grab the bag and stuff, and then you get however many miles down the road, did you get uh, like feeling like you're always the one that forgets stuff and they're always the one that without even thinking they remember everything you know can be a point of you can wonder can i handle this you know am i can i do this without you know uh, uh, their help i think is i can remember that i can remember that, that gina seemed to always remember everything and I seem to always be forgetting one thing. That's how <laughs> Not I, always the same thing, but it was yeah. always one thing that I would forget. I think we're hardwired that way. Yeah. I mean, she said, Chris, we're gonna, we have your niece's birthday party today. She's turning one. You should remember that. Yeah. But before we go, we have to stop at Dollar Tree. What did I do? I went straight to the birthday party, and I forgot all about Dollar Tree. She's told me multiple times that same day. Yes. And there's been times we get, our, get everything ready to go, and I'll grab the bag. All right, let's give, put the dogs up and give the dogs a treat. So I set the bag down. Out the door we go. Get halfway out the neighborhood. Where's her, where, get her cup out of her. Uh, I don't have the bag. We got to turn around. Did you ever forget Meredith? No, never. Good. never. Good. That's the main thing. Don't yeah. forget the kids. Oh, I forgot. I forgot Aubrey once. I totally, totally rocked. I park. I'm parking at work. I don't normally have her with me. I park at work. I walk in. I walk into work. This is at Randall. And it like I see something that I'm, ooh, and I turn right back around and go get her. Like it's absolutely I did that. I did that, and that was on that was on the third one. I should yeah. have been experienced yeah, by this point. Yeah, you should point. be seasoned by what? then. I, I know that's exactly right. And another thing, Jessica, be like, make sure you get her a sippy cup or a binky from daycare. I'll go in, get Meredith, grab her bag. Yeah. Binky's nowhere to be found. Yeah. 
and then I have to go back, which Jessica reminds me all the time, and I still forget, and I sometimes I struggle with it. Like, yeah, and there's a point where you're like, I think there can be a point where you're. I mean, I don't mean this in any kind of negative, harsh way, where you you're um, you can get tired of being like, you know what I mean? It can. Why am I always like? You can feel inadequate. That can create a sense of inadequacy, of uh, when when it's when you understand that that how you're hardwired is different. So guys tend to be focused on one thing at a time type people. We don't multitask mentally or emotionally in the same way. So when your wives ask you about your day, okay, you can sum your day up in a very short period of time. You ask your wives about their day. It takes a lot longer and they'll connect it to other things and they'll share how they're emotionally fit. In other words, it's so much more, they have the ability to focus on so many more things at the same time and pull in and engage. So, and we're like one thing at a time type people. Mm -hmm. And so it would be very easy to say, pick up Meredith. Um, and then, uh, don't forget the sippy cup. You go to pick up Meredith and the teacher brings up this one thing and now all of a sudden the sippy cup's not on your radar. You know what I mean? It's just, there's a little bit of how we're hardwired. And and that's when it falls back to, I just need to slow down and not get in such a hurry and just make sure I have everything that I need. Yeah. I've learned if I get up earlier, let's say I, we're getting ready for church. If I get up a little earlier and I just take initiative and go, okay, I'm going to go pack the bag. That's one less thing I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And if I have time to do it, I, I'll kind of check off the list. Okay, I kind of got everything. Plus, I earn a little bit of brownie points. And then I may try to get some clothes laid out, but it might be the wrong clothes, but I tried. I, yeah. I think then she kind of goes, okay, I'll take care of the rest. And, and Chris can kind of be himself with kind of going with the flow. That's my yeah. type of personality. And it's kind of like just a little bit of compromise it goes a long way. Yeah. And uh, so, it's taking so initiative. So. Not always having, like in a situation where you, what you're saying is like, I did these things not perfectly. But in that moment, because I took the initiative to step up, maybe do something she would normally do, right. she values that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's huge of finding those windows or those doorways that I can walk through and I can yeah. contribute. Well, on the other hand, it pays off. Like on the polar opposite, if I wait to the last minute and go, man, we have 15 minutes to get to church and I'm rolling out of bed because Kelsey just drugged me out of bed. Yeah. Or she's like, hey, Chris, you've got to get up and get ready and we're rushing around. Yeah, that could kind of start off the day and, or kind of show you how the whole day is going to go. Yeah. Um, we're kind of roll. I, she rolls her eyes at me or I roll my eyes at her and we're kind of going out the door just not in a great mood. That can kind of set the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so I, I'm trying to learn to get up earlier, take initiative and yeah. Um, we both end up in better moods for the rest of the day. Yeah. And that, that's one thing I need to work on, too, is getting the bag ready more. Jessica does it all the time. There's times I've done it, or, you know, but not as much as she does. Yeah. But, like, usually throughout the week, I try and get her clothes, Meredith's clothes, laid out and ready. That way they're right there. Jessica doesn't have to go digging for them. Yeah. I'll, you know, get everything. I'll already get her sippy cup filled up and laid out next to a snack you know, banana or something first thing in the morning. That way Jessica doesn't have to rush around, get Meredith ready and everything, and get herself ready. You know, everything's pretty much right there that she can just grab it and try and make it easier on her, which, you know, there's still more I could probably do, obviously, but... 
So there's, there's ways that you can f- find, even though you are not the expert. And, and very quickly you realize in this relationship, I seem to not be the expert as far as nurturing a baby goes. Um, but there's ways that you can find those areas that you know you can contribute well. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the time, would you say that pays off in a lot of different areas as far as relieving stress, you guys' relationship, I mean, husband and wife? Well, is that, do you notice a payoff when you find ways to contribute and you're intentional about it? I think it, the, the, the uh, culture of mom takes care of all that kind of stuff is out the window. Yes. And uh, I think I've, I think in my head, I, I think it should be almost a 50, 50 thing. Cause even I, with one kid, especially two, I mean, like I said, I've spent three hours at the house and when she went and ran errands and I could not, would I want to do that for five days a week? I, I wouldn't want to, nor yeah. could I do it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, they need help. Yeah. Moms need help. So I think taking initiative and, and showing, hey, I'm not the nurturer you are, and I, I, it's, I'm not hardwired that way, but taking initiative and trying to check some things off the list and get that anxiety and, and some of that um, off of their shoulders just goes a long way. Yeah. So. And I try, but, I mean, sometimes, you know, I, don't, I might not do a good job of, but, you know, try and do the best you can. Yes. And, you know, it may not be perfect, but... That's one another thing I just, you know need to continue to work on is. I think there's a take more initiative and relieve stress or yes from because moms go through a lot and you know they're stressing. Is everything ready? Is you know or yeah things like that. Because there's a level of, um, although it is stressful and and they being out and about when we talked with them, like be, finding yourself at a store and you can't find a pacifier or you can't find, it's like, oh no, <laughs> you're gonna shut down this trip right now or we're gonna go over and buy one. Even though we got 23 at the house, I'm not gonna be out and about. Even though you know there's this list that sometimes if you were put in the whole charge of the bag, you might forget one thing. Not the same thing every time, but you might forget something on that list. <clears throat> If you find ways to contribute, like what you talked about, whether it's uh, uh, setting out food or setting out clothes or whatever it has to be. In other words, they come up and now they roll up into whatever the environment where they're doing that stuff and they see that you've went ahead and done something for them. It's a sense of they feel like you understand. There's two things, several things that can be accomplished. They can, they can feel like you understand what it takes and you're willing to contribute. Um, and there's a sense of um, that you're cooperating in this, and that is a huge deal uh, for moms and women to feel like their spouse, their life partner, is is cooperating. That they're not alone in this, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. Is when you jump in, they feel less alone, mm-hmm. uh, and it it makes a difference in how stressed they are. It makes a difference in how connected they feel. Um, well, I did a devotional and. They were, it was talking about it was a marriage one and about what women need, not what they want, but what they need. And they need their husbands to listen. Mm-hmm. And they need their husbands to be affectionate. Yeah. It's two of the big ones. And just being able to, like you said, go and get the bag ready in the morning. That's kind of listening to what their, you know, what their needs are because uh, whether they say it or not, they they desperately need that help. Mm-hmm. You know, because they do it every single day. I mean, yeah, we work and they don't know exactly 
you know, what's going on on our end. But at the same time, it's not just a vacation on yeah. the other end. So, yeah. um, just showing just a little initiative and showing that you you do care and that you're you are trying to listen to the needs. And during football season, it's harder to do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> But you're trying. <laughs> There's so many things that demand your attention when you've got college and professional football going on. And then all of a sudden the NBA rolls in, the World Series is finishing off, golf is still going on. It's it, a high-demand life. It gets a lot more difficult, yeah. <laughs> okay, what do you worry about? As it, What about your kids do you worry about? If I'm going to raise my children right. Okay. If I'm doing a good job. What does right look like to you? Follower of Christ. I mean, I could add to that. I mean, I, I, I don't really worry very much because it takes, I hear it all the time, it's kind of cliche, but it takes a village, you know, to mm-hmm. raise a kid. And if we keep them in a close, tight-knit church like we have here mm-hmm. um, with the family and loved ones we have around us, uh, they tend to go in the right direction, you know. You just got to keep them here and... And, you know, stay hooked up and, and, and keep, you know, raising them uh, in a church environment. I think that's the number one thing you can do. Yeah. I really don't worry about it. Okay. So it's not you see all the positives, mm. the influence, like, okay, I think we're in a healthy place with that. You're right. not over-concerned <clears throat> about that part of it. What do you um, – is there an area of being a dad that you um, – that you're wondering, can I handle that well? Am I going to be a good in this area? Is, it, is there an aspect of being a dad that you wonder if you're going to live up to? And what would that be? It's a tough question. Yeah. I think Kelsey's family raises the bar for me. Um, I mean, it started a couple generations, or maybe about a generation back. Uh, and their family didn't have money. They weren't, you know... Um, probably going to church regularly, but it just took one person to change that, you know, family tree and, and change that for, you know, generations to come. Um, just trying to live up to expectations um, as a dad, as a husband, and making sure that, you know, my boys go down that same track. I mean, back, you know, a few years ago, I found out I had some relatives in the Oregon area, and I found a bl- two blood brothers. My man, I wonder what they're up to. I wonder what my biological parents are up to. With with technology, we were able to find that. Both brothers were in jail. Both parents had overdosed. So just kind of seeing, um, you know, is are they you know hardwired that way, or is it more um, the way we raise them? Yeah. And can we do anything about it? Type of thing. I think a lot of it is how you raise them and yeah. who you keep them around. I think that's a big thing. But I want to make sure my kids are hanging out with the right people, and they just don't follow that trend. Because yeah. I think some of it is how you're hardwired. Um, that, but at the same time, I'm kind of getting off track. So. No, you're not. I think that's a no. I think the <laughs> idea of seeing you've done some research and seen your family tree, like I want to make sure my family goes this direction. Right. You know so, I mean, I mean yeah. back in college, I remember psychology. We, the big thing was nature versus nurture. Nature, yeah. And which one, you know, takes the biggest, uh, I guess, um, you know, which one is it? Is it nature versus nurture? Is it a little bit of both? Yeah. And I always argue, I mean, it is a little bit how you're hardwired. Yeah. But at the same time, it's 
you're a product of your environment. Yes, and, absolutely. And, yeah. and so, it, like I said, I don't worry about it too much because I know uh, I have good people around me that are going to keep my boys straight. Yeah. And I, they have eyes on them, and they're uh, they're loved. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's going to be any issues. So. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. The thing for me is I just want to make sure I raise my daughter or, you know, my other children one day uh, the right way and that I'm a good husband and father to my children and my wife. Um, kind of like Chris said, I think, you know, just the family you have around to help you and keep them in line and, you know, it, it does take a village to raise them, so. You guys have significant influencers outside of your immediate family that mm -hmm. are going to have a positive impact on your kids. And, and I totally agree. That is a huge deal that when I, when my dad would take us to Grandpa Myers' house, and if Grandpa Myers said, hey, the boys want to go with me to feed cattle, my dad knew that when we jumped in that truck with Grandpa, we were going to learn all sorts of stuff in a good way. Mm -hmm. That his influence was going to be on us about hard work. It was going to be about how you treat people, about how you treat each other. And in other words, knowing that there's more than just mom and dad that's making a difference mm -hmm. in those kids' lives um, is a um, huge, uh, huge deal. Um, how did you get in the doghouse? Ready for this one? Do you remember <laughs> how you got in the doghouse while your wife was pregnant? Do you remember getting the doghouse? I posted a picture on Facebook. Okay. She, uh, <laughs> she, she had to be about 14 months pregnant. She, her stomach was, her stomach was popping, and she uh, had just eaten. I remember there was a, a peel of a baked potato on the plate, and a fork laying off the plate, and she's holding her stomach as if she's just completely full from eating a Thanksgiving dinner. And I took a picture and posted it. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I was in the doghouse for sure. She didn't think that was funny. It was a sacrifice I had to take. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it was worth it? Oh, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that photo. You can, po you can post it for the church on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I've remembered some of your posts yeah. that I would go, he might have got in trouble for that, but I'm so glad he posted that. <laughs> That's good stuff. Doghouse. I, I'm sure there's something, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But I'm sure I've done something. Yeah, you didn't ever... You didn't ever uh, Let's ask, how many pillows on the bed when your wife was pregnant? How many do you remember? If you just a rough estimate, how many pillows? Oh, one pillow under the head and like a big, long body pillow. Okay, so she rocked the body pillow. Yes. Yeah. I forgot all about the body pillow. Yeah. We had the same. Same thing? Mm -hmm. We always have like four pillows on the bed. And then she had one between her legs if she wanted to lay sideways. And then... Yeah, definitely the body, body pillow was a, it worked wonders. But see, we have a king size bed, so it's like we okay. weren't. You, you got plenty of room. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. so th there's a point where if you weren't in a king size bed, you're beginning to wonder if this pregnancy goes much longer, there's not going to be room for me. <laughs> She's going to have so many pillows, and that's not a weight joke. That is a pillow joke. Like how many pillows are on the on the bed's a big deal. Um, do you see your parents differently now that you're a parent, and in what ways do you see them differently? I think you have more respect for just kind of how you were raised and how much they they worried about you. And I mean. 
it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. We're, you know, as kids, you're so naive and you're, you're so selfish and all you're worried about is yourself or your friends or what you're, what you got going on. Um, just how much sacrifice they've taken. Uh, my mom, she, she fostered over 80, 90 kids and then ended up adopting, uh, five of her own and had four of her own. So just going through what she went through and a lot of them weren't even her kids, that sacrifice it takes, uh, because she knew her calling was to be a mom. Yeah. So I didn't really understand that until I had my own kids. Like, um, just the, the love and the selflessness that just pours on you. You don't care about all that stuff anymore. You know, you start kind of realizing what's important. So. Yeah. yeah. So it's like clarity. Okay, I get it now. I get a little bit of why she was wired that way. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, for me, my parents were divorced when I was probably two or three so um being a my mom being a single mom of three kids i'm sure it was i know it was tough because it's tough with just one and us being two years apart so i know she had her hands full so just like chris said like she sacrificed a lot because i know there was times she'd make sure we had food on the table but for her lunch was just lunch meat plain or something so yeah uh, just seeing her, how hard she worked, uh, giving us everything she could growing up, just makes me want to work that much harder for my family. So, and it's you can't understand that. You you could beat yourself up and say, "I can't believe I was that way," but you're never you're not going to understand that till you're a parent. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. You can read as many books as you want to, watch you, as many movies, but once you're a parent, you all of a sudden th- clarity. I mean, it's like you see things. Uh, from that perspective, and you can't go back from that. Yeah, like growing up, I didn't know how bad it was until I became older. Yeah, I mean, I, I see some kids now, I whether I'm just driving down the road or if I'm at a football game, seeing how some kids act at 15, 16, and they act like idiots, and I'm thinking, oh, wait, I was that idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was probably worse than that idiot. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, man, my parents had to endure that and and lose sleep over you know how you're acting are, are you okay you know are you gonna grow out of this <laughs> and uh i mean it those kind of things you take with you and you go and you you just grow more of appreciation for what they went through and what they sacrificed yeah. so what's 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 been difficult about being a dad that you didn't expect what what in this role of dad to two boys to a daughter what's what's gonna like oh i didn't i didn't see that coming but that's that's been difficult that's been hard Probably the the attitudes that they get from their mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be in the doghouse on this one. So explain no, so, that. <laughs> so just like you tell them no, and then the attitudes they get, it's almost it's almost laughable. But then you go, okay, we got to do something about this because we can't, you know, let this continue. So yeah. just. You know, I, I thought when I was going to have kids, they're going to be perfect, never going to give me any trouble. You know, I'm going to be, I'll discipline them at, with, in, at the same time, balance it with love and we'll never have any issues with yeah. them. Because they're going to understand yeah. that you're a good guy and yeah. you love them, right? Yeah, we're going to be on the same that. level. Yeah. I'll be the cool dad and yeah. we'll just be buddies. Yeah. And it's totally the opposite. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's discipline that's involved and 
it's a thing you have to work with your you know your spouse on okay are we doing this the right way are we being consistent it's there's a lot that goes into it on a daily basis that you have to learn from so it's okay so two things one the i think you're alluding to that the emotional and mental energy required to discipline and it's it's a lot people think it takes you know if you're a kid you think my parents are disciplining me and setting up boundaries um you know, they just don't want to, they're, they're trying to take the easy route, they're not, but really it's difficult, right? I mean, to stay right. consistent, because there's just times you just wish you didn't have to mess with it. And I don't mean you didn't have to be a parent. It was like, can I act like they didn't say that or do that? Because I really just feel like I just want to veg or read this or whatever it happens to be. It just requires a lot of energy, right? Right. And that's the, the important thing is to be consistent. But like you said, it, just, it requires a lot of um, energy to do so. And at the same time, you and your spouse have to be on the same page. Yeah. It just takes a lot out of you to yes. be consistent. Yeah. Okay. What's been hard or difficult that you expect? Uh, I don't know. The, the moms said they talked about lack of sleep. That's a big one. Did you expect that? Did you expect to? I expected it, but man, it was rough, very rough. Yeah. Because you're up every hour, every two hours for two, three, four weeks. Yeah. Maybe longer. I don't remember what it was. And you still have to maintain your life. Yeah. Go to work. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember a couple years ago, I I knew I was like, okay, I could get a new car. I, you know, we budgeted it in and. At the time, I didn't have kids, and I was like, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to find a used Camaro, and I'm going to get a Camaro. Yeah. And now I'm humbled because I have to deal with a minivan. <laughs> You're in the minivan uh, club. Now. At 27, I didn't think I'd ever be driving a yeah. minivan. And it's probably the best investment we ever made. But yeah. um, just thinking back on it, I'm like, man, how do we go from no kids, thinking about a sports car, to a minivan with two kids? In a matter so, of a year or two. Yeah. Or a couple you years. imagine Life trying to hard. open the single door of a Camaro and getting a car seat <laughs> in and out? Oh, I yeah. mean, you know how frustrating that would be? I mean, I'd just be losing my mind <laughs> on that. That's funny. Okay, so you brought something up, Chris. I want to follow that path a little bit. Being on the same page, where do you find yourself... Uh, where do you find that that's the most difficult to... Is, is it the discipline? Is it have to do something else? Where do you find it's most difficult to stay on the same page with your wife? For me, it's probably the discipline because I'm probably more of the cool parent that yeah. lets, them off, lets my daughter off the hook more. She'll grab my keys or the remote or something, and I'll be like, well, take it to mommy. So mommy takes it away, and then the fit starts. Yeah, gotcha. Because I didn't take it away from her. Yeah. And so... That's something I need to, you know, take more initiative in and with the discipline instead of putting it on Jessica because it's not fair to her. Yeah. It's just that I want to be the bad mom. Yeah, Jessica doesn't want to be the bad mom. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to be the bad mom. Nobody wants to be the bad mom. Yeah. Well, wait till you add another dynamic with <laughs> when you add a, add a second kid to it. So you spank one of them because they get in trouble, and the other one thinks it's, ooh, he's getting attention. 
I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. And they almost just want the spanking. All right, do we spank him too? Or do we go, hey, he's just doing that for attention. Yes. So there's just a lot more dynamics uh, with it. But and I think me way, and her. It keeps happening. It keeps oh, ramping yeah. up as they get older. And you're constantly having to readjust that staying on the same page of what that looks like. And most of the time that's as a result of how you were raised. And it could be like, this is how my parents raised me or I don't want to do that because that's how my parents did it and I didn't like that about it. So there's so many, there's so many dynamics to that, yeah. that that require you to have a lot of conversations because um, in the moment it, it generally won't work out because you're just either you're not, it's not a big deal to you at the moment, but uh, one person saying it needs to be a big deal um, mm-hmm. or it's not a big deal at all. Um, and so those conversations about how do we handle this and, and making sure we are, that's difficult to do. I mean, absolutely. Staying on the same page is not an easy, um, not easy task. Not just in discipline, but things like how and when you feed them, mm-hmm. their time schedule. They need to be right. in bed at this time. You know, all those different things. You're like, I don't think that's that big a deal. Yeah, she'd go out and run errands, and I'd get them napping early. And she's like, Why are they taking a nap? It's ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I thought it was a good thing. And so, yeah. or they're taking a late nap. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got them. Finally, they're taking a nap. Like it's almost bedtime. Why are you letting them take a nap? Yeah. This, you yeah. Know? So, um, but I'm learning from it, and I think we're getting more on the same page lately. But like you said, as they grow, there's going to be more and more challenges. Yeah. So it's it's just a it's a, it's it's a t- it's something you're always working at. I'll say that. You know, I don't know that you ever fully. We're still. I mean, our kids are obviously a lot older, but we're still having those conversations about, you know, how we're handling certain situations, how we're saying certain things. But um, what? Where have you matured most since being a dad? It's almost depressing. <laughs> I'm not sure if I have grown up. <laughs> I bet if I asked your wives, they would be able to point two or three things almost immediately. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely not about me anymore. Okay. It's about us, like Meredith, Jessica, and myself. It's, I can't focus on me and do what I want to do. I have to focus on the family. Yeah. And what they need comes first. Yeah, I think just knowing that you have people that 100% depend on you. And um, being able to wake up every day and, and know that it's not, hey, it's not just about you anymore. It's not just you and your girlfriend. It's not you and, and your wife, which, you know, it, you have people that they depend on you for food. They depend on you for a roof over their head. And uh, they depend on you for guidance. Yeah. And so a lot of the things that used to be important to you just go out the window. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of times... My friends go, hey, get on your, you know, your PlayStation or whatever. I'm like, I sold that thing so we can have some more money for other stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a lot of that kind of stuff that the fun stuff kind of goes out the window, and it's a different type of fun. Yes. It's something that you, your friends without kids will never understand until they're in that same situation. Yeah. So. That's kind of tough when, you've, when you're really good friends with somebody that doesn't have a kid and you've had kids now. Mm-hmm. And now, like, there's a, this is your, a, such a big part of your life, and you're not able to have that discussion with them. 
it creates a gap in that relationship because they're talking about PlayStation and their dog and go and driving to uh, Kansas City to see a concert of some old band they like. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. like, well, that's not my life anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't live that life. So, um, how is your faith in in church? And it's raining now. If you can hear something on the recording, but how is your faith in church, your relationship with Christ, helped? I think uh, my relationship with God. Um, and being a dad, I think it's helped me um, have a little bit more clarity. Um, I think I pray more than I ever did. I don't. I hardly ever prayed unless it was Sunday after service, um, and kind of sitting there and and being able to reflect and and know that I have more in common with my Lord and Savior now. That as much love as He has for me. And I think I have that same type of love for my kids. It's, it doesn't even compare. Yeah. And so um, being able to lean on him and uh, actually share more um, of our spirituality and our walk with Christ between me and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've had conversations, but when you're married and you have kids, those conversations come up more. It deepens it's, that relationship. It, it definitely deepens that relationship. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think there has been times in marriage and with kids that... Um, my walk with Christ had suffered because, like I said, I, I'm always on the go. We're always thinking about what's next on the schedule and work and, hey, you need to watch the kids. I have to run these errands. And I don't sit there and take time to open up a Bible. I didn't take time, um, you know, to pray. If I did have any time by myself, it was to be selfish. And, and those are things that I need to learn, you know, I've learned from and I need to continue you know, to seek God and his guidance. So, um, and it's going to be something, a daily, um, challenge for me. So, yeah, it's a, it's, I always compare it to like, uh, those disciplines like working out, Mm -hmm. like the more you work out, the easier it becomes. It's never, it's never, it's always a discipline. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now by working out, I mean, when I did work out is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, but spiritual disciplines are very much the same way. It has that same feel of if you go a long time without working out, going back to it's more difficult. Same with scripture reading and, and prayer and, you know, all those different things. So, it uh, does get hard. Like Chris said, you, you get busy and it, it, it just gets kind of pushed back. Mm-hmm. But I try and be thankful and thank God every day for my wife and my daughter. Um, and that's why I try and tell Jessica, like, Meredith got sick a couple weeks ago, and I was like, God's, you know, you just got to pray. Mm-hmm. And he's always, you know, he's got a plan for everybody, and he's going to watch out for her and watch over her and protect her, and yeah. everything will turn out just fine, and she's healthy as can be. Yeah. So. There, but there's a trust. Like, you got, you kind of learned, God, God I'm going to trust you with this. Yeah. yeah. I'm trusting you. And that's one thing I always tell Jessica. I was like, you just got to pray. Like yeah. When when you're stressing out about a she's sick, is she going to be okay? You just got to pray, yeah. lean on God, yeah. and that's something we need to do more every night when we get the chance. Yeah. But you know, sometimes we get busy and forget, or you know, it gets pushed back. But you feel like that's through having kids, that's kind of ramped up a little bit. For mm-hmm. me. Like my my natural tendency to lean on God through these things. Um, because I think part of it is because you now have something in your life that is very much kind of in your control and kind of absolutely out of your control. Uh, right. So you, you need, okay, God, I need your help 
you know, if I'm going to do good at this, <laughs> I need some help. Yeah. On this one. <laughs> if I'm going to maintain my relationship with Christ, be a good dad, be a good husband, I need some supernatural help on this. Because um, I think we all know we can, we can mess stuff up and mm-hmm. we can be complete idiots sometimes. Not because we're trying to be idiots, we just have a different, sometimes our value system is, gets out of whack a little bit. Um, so, well, I mean, when, if God, when God blesses you with such an amazing gift, um, you know, a wife and kids and, you know, awesome people that surround you, if you look back, you can take that for granted yeah. easily. And you, you go, okay, what if I woke up tomorrow and all this was gone? Where, you, know, you know, would you want to go back and do things different? So yeah. um, I think my relationship with God um, has grown stronger because of the blessings he's given me Definitely. that I don't deserve. So. Yeah. Good. I said the same thing to uh, Kelsey and Jessica. If I remind you of a passage of scripture, it says his grace is sufficient for you. So when you think about you being a dad and all the requirements and the demands of being a dad that sometimes are placed on you from the outside, sometimes placed on you from the inside of what you're thinking. If you hear the passage that say Christ's grace is sufficient for you, what what do you think? What, what does that speak to you? What, what comes to mind when you think when you hear that? I think it means that, um, for me, the first thing that pops up is that you're not going to be perfect. Um, there's going to be um, marital issues. There's going to be, you're not going to be the perfect dad, um, but keep trusting in God. And if if you do things and you slip up and fall, God's there to catch you. He's always there. And like it says in scripture, his, his grace is sufficient. Um, just always trust in him. And... Um, whether it through the good and bad, just know that God's there to pick you back up. So. I agree with Chris. You're going to fail at times of being a good husband and being a good dad, but you just got to trust in God. Like you said, he'll be there to pick you up. You just got to put your faith in him. Yeah. There's a level of being okay with that. Like, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to handle every situation mm-hmm. exactly right. And that's okay because dad's... Since the beginning of time, and moms alike have not handled every situation perfectly, and, and we have managed to raise societies and civilizations through people, which are our children, uh, since the beginning of time. And so perfection is never the goal, um, but in, our, in the midst of sometimes blinding imperfection, when it's like right in your face of, boy, I messed that one up, understanding that passage of his grace is sufficient. His strength is going to be sufficient. Where I'm weak, he is going to be strong on my behalf. And that happens with your kids. I look at my girls and I go, if people were to say, not that they ever do, if people were to say, how did you do it? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm not any different than anybody else. Like I'm, I'm fumbling through the dark 90% of the time as it comes through parenting. I'm just trusting you know, the Holy Spirit to guide me and what little I've learned along the way, um, just observing how things work. Um, I didn't read a lot of books. I didn't, you know, Gina did. Gina read tons of books. I didn't read hardly any, uh, but just trusting that as I, with good heart, try to point them towards Christ, then some of the other things just kind of, um, just kind doing of in place. Just doing the best you can. Doing the best you can, yeah. And I, I always say, my, my number one is that I'm always leaning into my kids and, and, and that I want them leaning into me. I want to lean into them. 
uh, and the, in my process of leaning in, boy, I mess up a lot. But I just want to make sure I'm just, they know I'm there. Uh, and by right. the way, I see that in you guys, this desire to be there uh, for your kids. And that's huge. Um, not always present, by the way, in all dads, but I see that in you guys, which is really I, mean, I guess that's one way to, you mature when you end up going and you finally get, you know, a little time to go hang out with a few buddies. The first thing I think of when I'm, you know, hanging out, I'm like, and I feel bad. I should be, I should be with the boys, you yeah. know. Um, this is my time off of work. This is my time. I should be with my family. Yeah. And um, whether that's I'm doing the right thing or not, I know in the back of my head I'm thinking, man, um, there's that selflessness there that I know, like, hey, you know, as a dad that I want to be present. Yeah. Obviously, I think it's healthy to spend some time, you know, away and unplug and go back and be a better, you know, husband and, you know, father. But just having that mindset, like, I want to be present is, you know, you don't see that in every dad. No. So you kind of have to pat yourself on the back and go, hey, um, amazingly enough, there's a lot of people that they probably don't even know their kid's name or, yeah. you know, know nothing about their kids. So. Um, I, I think as a dad, you have to kind of pat yourself in the back and know that um, s sometimes you are, you know, doing the right thing. So. Yeah. And is it, is it, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, excuse me, uh, you just kind of get that guilt, like you feel bad for leaving for a couple hours or a night because the mom's stuck at home with two kids or yeah. one kid, and yeah. it's still a lot, but, you you know, it's – good to get away but at the same time you're like oh, i just want to be back you know i feel bad for leaving i can't wait to get home yeah or you know those things how often do you date your wives how often do you go out just you and your wife is it rare now <clears throat> uh once maybe twice a month okay on a weekend uh, during the week we're pretty on a schedule yeah and then if, you know, we get a babysitter for the night or just a few hours, we'll go out to dinner and, you know, enjoy our time together. Yeah. Uh, me and Kelsey, we, we very rarely go out just me and her, but a lot of times we prefer, you know, to be with the kids or, you know, the family. Um, sometimes, I mean, we, we've been out maybe twice in the last couple months, yeah. um, just me and her. And we, I mean, our anniversary's coming up, so we're looking forward to some time by ourselves. But, and sometimes if we do have a babysitter, we'll go out with some friends too to catch yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and that's still, we count that as a, a yeah, date still. night as well. Um, yeah. how, how, so. valuable is time, how valuable is it to you when you have time with your wife, just the two of you, how important is that to you? Kind of speak to that a little bit. Very important. Yeah. You know, before you have a kid, you're going out on dates, going to the movies, bowling you know whatever and then you get a kid and your whole life revolves around the child so we just try and take advantage of the opportunities that we get and sometimes that may be after we put Meredith down to bed you know we'll stay up an extra hour and just hang out and talk or you know watch tv or something yeah we we kind of see how precious that time is now so instead of just scrolling on my phone I I try to ask questions of that even if they're stupid questions, like budgeting, she hates, she, she's not a budgeter type. Like with, if she had to sit there and look at a spreadsheet or something, yeah. that's not gonna happen. But I'm like, where do you see yourself? Where do you see us in five years? Those type of questions. So we can kind of 
try to plant some seeds to plan long term because yeah. you were just always on the daily grind. So yeah. a lot of those questions don't come up. I hear I, about couples, they have these plans and budgets and all these different savings accounts for different things. And we're, we're just not that type of couple. So I, I do ask, we try to cut loose and have fun, but at the same time, when we have time together, we try to um, try to do some planning, I guess, yeah. and do the growing up stuff as well. That's, that's interesting you say that because it is like, I want to still have a fun, romantic relationship with my wife. The guys need that. They just need that to have that connection. Mm-hmm not a business relationship we're we're in a partnership raising these children it needs to you need more than that but at the same time all of a sudden some things become fun and enjoyable that you wouldn't have put in that category like going to a grocery store and getting groceries just the two of you becomes like almost like yeah. <laughs> or sitting down and working through the bills and you're you know the kids are asleep and it's like oh isn't this great <laughs> all of a sudden things become connecting and romantic that you wouldn't have put in that category yeah. uh, before because you're able to just be attentive to each other even if it's not yeah. a candlelight dinner yeah you, you definitely value it uh, the time you do get good good well guys thanks let's keep it going you want to keep it going yeah. talk more yeah just <laughs> 20 more minutes 20 more minutes why what's going on nothing <laughs> what are you avoiding? edit it, that out is it almost bedtime <laughs> well, <let's keep laughs> 20 more minutes to this is, this it's is rare fun. to talk uh between guys so yeah. let's just grab the laptop take this to b-dubs and yeah. keep going <laughs> let's just keep going <laughs> Dead gummit, we should have thought of that. We should have had wings here. Like if we'd have had wings and ended up with, you know, uh, barbecue sauce on the microphones <laughs> by the end of it, that would have been sweet. All right, guys. Yep. It was fun. Yeah, fun. I enjoyed it.